my name is Ben. And I'm Nora. And we are your hosts of the Two Vague Podcast this week. One word, two hosts, stories, trivia, and video games. Today, we are- Mumbo Jumbo, yeah. I'm sorry? (laughs) Mumbo Jumbo. Mumbo Jumbo? I don't know. You don't like that? Stories? Stories? Yeah. Do you want me to put Mumbo Jumbo in there instead of stories? No. What you have is fine. Okay. I I could always do uh, stories, trivia, and beige. Beige? Yeah, I can just do beige. Like the color? Yeah, like the color beige. Blah. Did you ever watch the um, Futurama show? Yeah, I did. Okay. Long time ago. They had a race of beings that were beige, and they were always the... Oh, I didn't. I never came across them. (laughs) Oh, that's funny. They said stuff like, if I don't make it, tell my wife I said hello. (laughs) It's a beige alert. A beige alert. Oh, my God. Yes. I'll have to go back and watch some of it. I know. I I mean, I used to watch it. Mm -hmm. Not necessarily everything, every time. Another big quote from the beige race was... We have no strong feelings one way or the other. (laughs) I love it. And actually, they tried to science it up a bit, too. They've got some interesting science fiction-y sort of things that they investigate in Futurama. But apparently that didn't land the way your goofiness of the Simpsons landed. But I still enjoy it. Right. On this week's show... We ask the question, are you experienced or have you ever been experienced? Constantly. Well, I have. (laughs) Yes. Uh, Experience is the word this week. But before we talk about the word experience, let's talk about our experiences recently. So what have you been doing lately? Oh, what have I been doing? Let's see. Have I talked to you since I came back from Canada? As far as the show goes, no, you have not. Yeah, as far as the show goes, yeah. Yeah. So what were you doing up in Canada? Anna and I were at the Stratford Shakespeare Festival. Okay. Which does, it does Shakespeare plays, but it does other things. It also doesn't always do them straight the way Shakespeare had intended, let's say. Uh They modernize them somewhat. They just do different things to them. And it's, it's good. Yeah. When I was in London last time at the Globe in London, uh-huh. the one in London, yeah. uh, we went to see a show. I can't remember the name of it. They called it something else anyway, but it was Shakespeare's final play. And uh. they totally modernized it and they used hip hop and they used, you know, just all kinds of all kind, rap, all kinds of stuff in it. Yeah. And they had people in cut off shorts and danced around and we thought it was wonderful yeah we as your father Anne, and me we were kind of looking forward to more of that that sort of thing and within a couple weeks they fired the creative director or whatever she was maybe the director of the globe huh the board did not like it which is really unfortunate because people loved it yeah i mean you talk about that how Sometimes things get rated by critics or reviewers that are professional reviewers. Right. And it's totally different right. than what people think. Mm-hmm. And how you actually, you talked about that on the airplane show with Andrew. Definitely. With rating things, there is a know the person who is rating kind of component to it. 
know what they like, know what they don't like and see if it fits. But it's, right. I just want you to give me, give me the facts, give me the general synopsis and then I'll, I'll see it and make my own decisions. Right. If you would have said to me, it's hip hop Shakespeare, you would have got me. I would have gone, I got to see that. Yeah. Hmm. So we thought it was great. But anyway, so in Stratford, they've been doing that sort of thing mm-hmm. to not necessarily hip hop, uh, right. but to some of the plays. Right. One of the plays we saw was pretty straight Shakespeare. That's mm-hmm. the one I fell asleep in. But I think I took a pill that made me go to sleep. Okay. <laughs> that's, my, that's my story, and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> kind of like what I did on the uh, airplane simulator game that I talked about. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> right. You right. just black out for an hour. They always do other plays, too. And they frequently update them. Like last year, we saw Little Women. Uh-huh. But they updated it so it had some musical numbers <laughs> and a different uh, take on it. Okay. Uh, a little bit, you know. Mm-hmm. One of the things, Richard II, is what we saw this year. Right. And they had it as the, Richard II was, at first I thought, uh, that's like uh, Richard no, it's like Prince. He's, I mean, the skinny guy who's dancing around and gyrating and everybody else is too. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, was, it was just bizarre, but it still retained the tragedy, historic tragedy kind of thing that it was. Yeah. Which is so strange because you're in this, this guy's dancing and he has fringe all over and, and everybody's dancing very sexual and it still carries the message that Shakespeare intended. Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, that was good. We saw A Wrinkle in Time where, where there were kids in the theater, of course. Do you remember A Wrinkle in Time? It might have been interesting to you when you were a kid. Yes, I do. Yep. Okay. It was very well done. Things like that. So they do a variety. That's what it sounds like. Okay, a variety of, of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Was the Shakespearean stuff most notable to you? Because is that why you you led with the Shakespeare or is it just a, it's just a festival of plays. It's a festival of plays. They play from April 1st to the end of October uh-huh. and they play pretty much the same set. There might be a player two who's only there for a couple of months, you know, that sort of thing. But basically uh, you can see Richard the second in April and you can see it in October, that kind of thing. Okay. It's just, it's really good. I'm going to go back as long as I can. Very cool. I will. Yeah. Fun. And then in a couple of weeks, Anne and I are going up with your brother and his significant other. Right. <laughs> and Anne's niece, Tracy, and her significant other. Right. We're going to Wisconsin, Spring Green, and they have a theater there that they play all summer. Yeah. American Players Theater. Okay. And I went last year for the first time with Anne. Boy, they're really good. And says they're they're professional. You know, they're out of Madison, uh, Milwaukee, Chicago. They're really good. So I'm looking forward to that. Oh, cool. I'm looking forward to that, to spending time with Adam and Jen and uh, Deb and Tracy. Yeah. Because they're both cool couples, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So with um, Spring Green, you're not going to be going to Taliesin East or anything, but. No, I've already been there. Anne probably has too. Yeah. Yeah. When you pass it, tell Ben says hello. Okay, I'll do that. Have you been to the West one? I've been to both. I have not been to the one in the West. 
there's something about the one in the East that seems more historic, deeply Frank Lloyd Wright. I know the one in the West is too, and I haven't seen it, so I don't know. But I just have a feeling it's more modern and more stretched out yeah. for its purpose even. I don't know. I have to go sometime. I think it's worth checking out because if you are interested at all in any of Frank Lloyd Wright's architecture, there are two different, very distinct time periods and biomes. So going there and and seeing how he handles each one differently kind of is a testament to his brilliance. I agree. Yeah, I'd say just check it out. It's very interesting. I'll do that. Uh, well, what have I been doing? I, that's exactly what I was going to ask. And what have you been doing then? I finished up Deathloop. Oh. Which, unfortunately, it was an anticlimactic ending. I enjoyed my time with it. It was cool. It was an interesting concept. I wish there was more to it. But for what it was, it was a lot of fun. Also, I've been playing, well, I just started playing Ghostwire Tokyo, which is a PS5 game. Oh, okay. It takes place in Shibuya. Are you familiar with Shibuya? Which is, uh... No. No. It's it's one of the, it's like the major commercial and finance center, but whenever anyone sets something in Shibuya, it's this sort of, this very, very distinctive square it's got a crossing that's almost like a box and then an, an angular piece of it too. But it's, oh, okay. Yeah. And the word Shibuya means listen. I didn't know that until I... Okay. Okay. Another thing that is a video game that I think you actually played briefly, Ridiculous Fishing EX just was released for the Apple Arcade. Oh, okay. It's just a, a more gussied up version of the same game. I st- every once in a while, I still play the little one on my phone. Yeah. I told Ann about it, and she she's just not into ga- games at all. No. Except Solitaire and Bridge. But And then when you get the fist, you shoot them, you throw them up in the air and shoot them. <laughs> she thought it was real funny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't think she would. But. It's a, a pretty novel sort of concept. <laughs> yeah. They just have a, a more, the, you know, the animations are different. The character looks a little more better graphics, the social media posts and stuff that they have. They've updated that. They've got TikTok, but it's called Bikbok. And it's, you know, just like little (laughs) things like that. The main gameplay loop is just the same. Okay. You get money from catching the fish and then you can upgrade your line and your weapons and get the toaster you can attach to your line so it electrocutes everything on the screen so you've got an extra chance to to dodge you know Uh, stuff like that oh okay okay yeah 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 the original game came out 2013 ridiculous fishing but this is the new version that's available only on apple arcade so if you've got an apple arcade subscription oh yeah i still do i still do well check it out check out the new version it's i will shiny (laughs) and it's free so, well, I mean free, free-ish, free with a subscription. Okay. That's what I'm up to. Do you want to start us off with a definition or should I? Uh, well, you know, we both have the same definitions, I'm sure. Mm. Well, Miriam, you remember Miriam, Mr. Webster. Yeah. Do you want to do the noun and I'll do the verb or do you want to do the verb and I'll do the noun? <laughs> no, I don't want to do the verb, believe me. Why not? Because it says to have experience of. Oh, okay. Thank you. Mr. Webster. Uh, so I'll, I'll do the noun. Um, <laughs> okay. 
one uh, definition of noun is direct observation of or participation in events as a basis of knowledge. Mm -hmm. The fact or state of having been affected by or gained knowledge through direct observation or participation. Basically, a little different. And then two, practical knowledge, skill, or practice derived from direct observation or participation in events or in a particular activity. Number three is something personally encountered, undergone, or lived through. Uh, Number four, the conscious events that make up an individual life. And then five, the act or process of directly perceiving events or reality. And and to me, they're all the same, you know, basically, except the one about the conscious events that make up an individual life. Mm. Okay. I mean, it is the same, except it's all all encompassing, kind of. You live, you have experience. Everything you do is experience. You take it in and you work with it and that kind of thing. Okay. So, And I'll go with the verb, which is experiencing, encountering, or undergoing an event or occurrence. But the other one that I, I'm not sure if we touched it, then this is according to Oxford, to feel an emotion is also an experience. So an opportunity to experience the excitement of New York, but it's all related as you said, right? They all have their little overlapping things. So the origin of experience, late Middle English by way of Old French, from the Latin experientia, yeah, from experiri, experiri, <laughs> but e x p e r i r i, experiri, which is try. So that's kind of an interesting sort of growth of the word you start with try yeah yeah well if you try things out you're experiencing exactly however that's tunnel visioned according to what we think of as experiencing using all of our senses and the constant uh, constant experience is happening or i said we i the royal we (laughs) yeah right it's right and of course as our environment gets more and more populated with different types of experiences, according to the Ngram viewer, in print uh-huh. has basically doubled from the 1800s. As you get more experiences, of course, you're going to get it used more in print, I would think. Yeah. So when I mentioned the, are you experienced? Yes. Or have you ever been? Jimmy. Jimmy Hendrix. Yeah. Were you a fan of Jimmy Hendrix back when he was in his heyday? Unfortunately, no. But through Tom, my husband, I experienced Jimi Hendrix. Right. And there's stuff that's wonderful. Oh, yeah. Really wonderful. Tom liked it so much, and I listened to it through his listening. Right. And I learned to really like him and kind of admire him. Yeah. You know, I don't care what he did in uh, Florida with Jimmy. Um, the Doris guy, Morrison. Oh, Morrison. I didn't read about what he did with Jim Morrison. Well, it involved being on stage, but that's okay. It's a rumor anyway. It has to do with him being on LSD on stage? No, it has to do with him performing oral sex on stage. Gotcha. Because he thought Morrison was so fantastic. But I... And and that's a, a rumor that's been around for a long time, but I believe it is just a rumor. Okay. Yeah, I've never heard of that. I heard that when he was on tour with, he had two 
two bands, right? He had The Experience, which was the first band. Yes. And then assembled a second band that I guess only played live that was Band of Gypsies, Jimi Hendrix and the Band of Gypsies. He was slipped some acid, apparently. Another one of these stories where one of the band members in the Band of Gypsies slipped him some acid and he went on stage and said some stuff that was kind of like, eh. <laughs> yeah. but that was shortly before his death in 1970. Was, you know, and I have a question being someone from my timeline, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, from my generation to someone of your generation, you didn't gain an appreciation necessarily for Jimi Hendrix until later. Correct. What was the thought on him doing the Star Spangled Banner at Woodstock, the the national anthem, when you heard that it was done? I, myself? Yeah. Did you have any strong feelings? No. No? But people like my parents, if they happened to know about it, mm. if it happened to go on to the news because it was an abomination or whatever, you know, right. they wouldn't like it at all. To me, it was like, well, good for him, you know. Yeah, listening to it, it doesn't seem like it's a negative thing. It's just his rendition. Right, right. So I don't quite understand why people would be angry about it. And he kind of said he was on the Dick Cavett show. I think it was shortly before his death. Dick Cavett? Yeah, I love Dick Cavett. He was really cool talking with him about, just as far as conversation about what the big controversy was and he's like there's there's no controversy i mean it was yeah it was a tribute to america and it was just kind of like my thing and it was wasn't meant in any way other than just to express myself and say go america right yeah he he got a bad rap a, a lot that he was i don't know he was an okay guy yeah he was you know i never met the guy but Based on what I saw uh, when he was on interviews, he was very shy. He was very, right. you know, and all the people he was involved with prior, like the Isley brothers, they all say oh, yeah. that he was amazing. I saw a story that they told about when they had him in the Isley brothers. When they met him, he had a guitar that didn't have any strings in it. And he said, I'll play for you, but you got to buy me some strings. <laughs> Yeah, so, yeah. So they buy him some strings and they were all blown away by his playing. And then they said, if you're going to be in the band, you can't be playing that. So what kind of guitar do you want? White Stratocaster or something like that? They got it for him and, you know, he played it and he was just over the moon with a brand new, yeah. <laughs> brand new guitar wow. and playing with the Isley brothers for as long as he played. I think it was a couple of years. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but yeah, he also was in uh, little Richard's backing band, I think too, for a little while. Uh-huh. So. I know there were a couple I, that he played before he started his own. Yeah. But are you experienced? The song was off of the first album, I believe called, are you experienced? <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. I, I was reading there's questions about what it meant a lot of people said it meant uh, drugs. Yeah. Are you experienced with drugs? But he said, according to what I read, you know, grain of salt, he said it wasn't. It didn't have to do with drugs. I 
think he said it had to do with the musical instruments that they were playing. Mm. Okay. Which doesn't make, you know, are you experienced at playing the drums, uh, the guitar, the bass, Right, right. But it might have been something else. I might be you know, daydreaming here. So what is, are you experienced or have you ever been experienced? So does that mean, are you a base, a, a base or have you ever been a base? Maybe are you into whatever you do? Yeah. Are you really into it kind of thing? You can interpret it any way you want and it's correct. Or at least that's what I think. So anyway. that's, yeah, true, true. Is that the first thing that you think of when you think of the word experience or is it something? It was. Else? It was? No, when you well, when you said our word was going to be experience, mm-hmm. uh, you know, you think about think about the word and uh, what your thoughts are, and the first thing that popped into my mind was Jimi Hendrix, mm-hmm. and are you experienced and the experience and you know that sort of thing. Yeah. So, but other than that, everything is an experience. Yeah, as we live. We may not recognize it as an experience, but everything is technically an experience, which is the five senses. Right. The thing that I think of is I sent you a trailer of one of my favorite movies, Brainstorm. Yes. It's controversial for a reason that doesn't really have to do with the movie itself. Natalie Wood died during the making of it under questionable circumstances. Right. So the whole premise of the movie has to do with, and I think I've mentioned this before when we did virtual, it's about a machine that records your brain waves as you're experiencing certain things. So as you're living through it, you put on a recorder that takes your brain waves, records your brain waves, experiencing those things, and then you can play it back if you're someone else and experience the taste, touch, feeling, hearing, whatever of the thing that you went through. If that's Okay, but you you experience what that person felt, right? Correct. What's recorded from them. Yeah. Yeah. And this is a spoiler alert for a 40 year old movie. They all work at this think tank company Louise Fletcher, Christopher Walken, Natalie Wood. Oh, yeah. Uh, there's kind of a things around the rocks between Christopher Walken and Natalie Wood's character. Uh-huh. And so he's been living with, with Louise Fletcher's character, who is like uh-huh. basically the the pioneer of this technology, although they all worked on it together. It's she feels like it's her baby and she doesn't want anyone, especially the government uh-huh. to touch it, even though they're funding it. She takes pills for, I guess her heart or a stroke or something like that. Right. Okay. And she is in the lab and she burns herself and starts having an episode and she spills all of her pills out all over the floor and can't get to them. Uh, So what she does is she puts on the recording device uh, and records herself dying. Okay. So that becomes one of the things that the Christopher Walken character becomes obsessed with is replaying that tape. Wow. And would you want to, I mean, I don't know if I would ever want to experience that 
until it actually happens. I mean, why, you know. Correct. He tries playing it and then he goes into a coma because he's got the wrong settings. There are certain things he can turn off and turn on. Oh, the scientific community there, they suspend him and they lock him out of his lab and he's got to do this from, from Kitty Hawk, I believe. Okay. Okay. Kind of the symbolism of that. But there's also a scene you mentioned feeling and what that person is feeling. Right. There's a sequence in the movie about how he makes a tape for his soon to be ex-wife, but he basically, he gives it to her and he says, play this. And she's like, what is it? And he says, it's me. And so she gets to experience how he feels about her, even though oh. in a good way, like they get back together kind of thing. Right. Uh-huh, but it's, uh-huh. yeah, it's got, it's not rated very highly on the Rotten Tomatoes, but it's just some uh-huh. a movie that I saw when I was younger that had a really, what I thought was an interesting concept recording people's yeah it is if you record i mean how would you do that everyone's brain waves are different right so i don't and know that, and that's what your experience two people two identical twins can be at some place and they experience the same thing mm-hmm. but it might go into their brain differently right they actually experience it slightly differently because of the individual people that they are Right. I would think. And, and so everybody, they might experience the same thing, but how you take it in and assimilate it, I guess, mm-hmm. could be different. Right. You're not going to have the same experience. Like you, you talked about the death thing. Right. That was her death, that character's death. Mm-hmm. Somebody else might have a different, completely different uh, feeling, experiences. Right. So, yeah. I would say if you're ever feeling up to it, watch it because I would be curious what you think about it. Yeah. And it's very dated, of course. It's from 40 years ago. But as far as the general, I mean, I always, I've equated it to a sort of a virtual reality. I mean, it does have multiple things you can draw parallels to. But the way the brain works, the what happens in the brain is kind of beyond that scope when you're talking virtual reality and I don't think virtual reality will be, you know, something that's useful in the metaverse fully until Uh we have the capability to record things like feelings and and stuff and not rely on stimuli outside of ourselves. Although people do that with virtual reality too. Yeah. Oh, you're in a building, it's it's on fire, and you, they'll, as you're experiencing it in the world, they'll light something and put it up to your nose and stuff, but that's not a virtual, I guess it's a virtual experience because it's not real, but. Yeah, I don't know about where that stuff is going to go, if it's going to go that far, I don't know. Yeah. I'm, I'm old, remember everybody. Well, I am too. It's like. I'm older. <laughs> Well, of course, how would you, right now we've got visual stuff. People see movies, people hear sounds, right? what they smell, what they taste. That's a little, what they feel surfaces. And we have some right, of that. Right, tactile. Yeah, the tactile sense. But how do you translate that into digital? Is it possible? 
in our brainwaves involved, or is it just providing an experience that's an average? Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? Like everyone should experience it this way, but not everyone's going to. Well, I think it's possible, except like you say, even if you take a whole bunch of feelings or a whole bunch of experiences and find some kind of an average mm-hmm. or whatever you want to call it, it's still, you're just going to produce one experience right. for people to, to have. Right. But maybe, you know, with AI, who knows? Well, then it's also, it's, you know, your brain is going to make associations to a feeling that are different. So who's to say whether right. or not this experience is going to be exactly the same because you may have mm-hmm. a negative mm-hmm. sort of emotion or feeling associated with pine cones and someone else has a positive yeah. pine cone. So I just kind of randomly, <laughs> but I mean, you know what I mean? It's, it's like it, there's too many right. variables to. Okay. Pine cones, moose, there's a moose ahead. Run. Pine cones, Christmas, don't you love the smell of uh, Christmas and the pine cones? Yeah. Pine cones fell off the Christmas tree and I stepped on it. Ah, that's almost as bad as stepping on Legos. I don't know. Oh, yeah, yeah. Something to that effect. Right. So experience is the senses to me. That's That's how I see it, yes. Yeah. Is that how you see it? Is that a cute joke? No, it's not. Yet another one of my many (laughs) dad jokes. Um, Yeah, bad joke, dad joke. Hey. Hey, it rhymes. I started to read the Wikipedia information, Uh and it was long and hard in a philosophical, psychological sense that they have. It's beyond... It can't be beyond your senses, but it, it goes it goes deeper. It goes a lot deeper into pre, uh, how you perceive things, you know, perception, and which we were kind of talking about. Everybody has a slightly different way of experiencing the same thing. Exactly. If anybody's interested, Wikipedia has uh, heavy duty info about experience. I was too lazy to read it all. The incident itself is the same. The happening is exactly the same. It's a constant. Yeah. But the way we interpret that or see it or feel it is going to vary widely. So our experience is going to be different based on not only what the event is and how it happens and how it rolls out, but then the associations that we have in our brain from other experiences it's like a big web correct it's like a tree that branches out and branches out and branches out how do you know how those connections are going to land with everyone that seems to be an episodic memory yeah the experience of an episodic memory it has to do with what you were just saying if there was a way to experience something that you've never experienced before in a virtual environment we kind of talked about this with death. Death would not be one of those things for me. No. <laughs> I mean, is there something beyond the realm of possibility that would be something that would fascinate you as far as experiencing it? I don't know. I'm kind of laid back about that kind of thing. If it's beyond me personally experiencing it, yeah, I don't want to. If it's something like uh, skydiving, Right. That's beyond my personal experience because I have acrophobia. <laughs> Sorry, folks. Right. But if you knew it was virtual. 
I, the first, my first thought is no. Okay. But if you think about, you know, if I think about it, it might be one of those things like, yeah, that might be interesting to feel the freedom of the air and, you know, all that. Here's the weird thing as far as skydiving is concerned. I don't know which is more dangerous, the skydiving simulator or actual skydiving. <laughs> but, <laughs> you know, how they have these big fans and they, and you've got these. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've been interested in trying that out, but I have no interest in skydiving. Right. I think that's very strange to say. It doesn't have anything to do with fear. The experience of that seems unique, whereas a lot of people have, I don't know, I, it's hard to say. I would want to experience it in a closed area where I could do all sorts of things as opposed to out in the freedom, which would be cool, but I would have to actually have more training in order to do that on my own or just be dropped from an airplane. And <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I would think the simulator, you're not falling thousands of feet to the ground. Right. In, you know, right there, there's a, a little fear factor. Mm-hmm. Uh, you're falling, what, nine feet, something like that, which is going to hurt when you fall. The simulation is that you're floating, but that's because of all the wind. It's not. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. So it's not really like gravity is pulling you down. It's not quite the same, I would say. Okay. Being blown Until by a big ass. Until you get closer. I guess. I don't have any interest in doing skydiving, but if someone says, Here, I'm paying for it, let's do it. Yeah. I probably would do it. Am I going to go out of my way for that? No, probably not. Well, I, I'll tell you, I w- would not. That was one of, when we were in Wales and London and such. Your dad asked me if I wanted to go skydiving. He would go and he would, uh, you know, set it up. Right. And he asked if I wanted to go kayaking, if I was interested in the uh, uh, birds of prey, mm-hmm. you know, all that. And it was all, yeah, kayaking. Yeah, I don't, if they have a suit, a wetsuit that fits, sure. Uh, birds of prey, yeah, that's not dangerous. You know, skydiving, no. Nope. Just period. Nope. So did he? He go, would do that. Yeah, he yeah, would. Not that time. He didn't. Okay. I believe he has in the past, but yeah. not that time. I know he did paragliding, is what it was. Yeah, he did that, and he said that was pretty amazing. He did. He did lots of things that other people would question. I think. Oh yeah. Well, like that, and and there are plenty of people who skydive. There are plenty of people who paraglide. There are plenty of people who you know do all this other, other stuff. Right. He was just somebody who wanted to live dangerously, excitedly. I don't know. Hmm. He wasn't suicidal by any stretch of the imagination, but he wanted to experience new stuff. And he was, you know, some people would consider doing the the stuff he did with the lions, or not the lions, but the, the big cats stuff that he did. Yeah. Some people would consider that as an adrenaline sort of generating thing, but they wouldn't do it period. Yeah. Adrenaline. That's another, another thing that impacts your experience. I would say. Yeah. I think so many things, so many different things would, uh, would do that. But all those things are internal, right? They're not an external thing necessarily. Right. Yeah. I mean, you may experience the same thing at different times. Mm Mm-hmm. And like you say, something internal makes the experience slightly different. Right. You may think of it as the same thing, but every time I drive, it's different. 
even though it's something I do every day and I think about it as it's a new experience every time. It is. But my my brain I drive. That's just put it in the that's driving a, folder yeah. or whatever. That so. that's a good good example. Yeah. Because yeah. it is different every time, even if you drive the same route every time. Yep. It's different. Mm-hmm. So do you have anything else you want to say about experience before we move on to the video games? I'm about to experience a trip to Lithuania. Oh, well, that's cool. Yeah. That's an experience that I'm really nervous about. Oh, really? Why is that? Well, I've been re- after I signed up for it and paid a whole bunch of money. It's like you have to be able to walk two to five miles a day. At, I could walk two miles a day easy. Three uh-huh. miles. Five miles? I, you know, so now I'm like second guessing and I'm a little nervous. But it's, I just jump in and do it. I'll do what I can do, period. Right. And I will have a wonderful new experience to talk about on our, uh, not our next, sometime in September, mm-hmm. our, uh, a show we might do. Yeah, we can do a Lithuania so, show. Let's find another word. <laughs> We're going to do Italy for Andrew, so we can do countries. Oh, I can, oh, I'm I sure I can find Lithuanian developers out there or game oh, developers. Yeah. Or I'm sure we can talk about Kugelis. Talk about those. Yeah, right, right. I wear a shirt from, I think it's the Happy, is it the Happy Food Restaurant? Yeah, Happy, yeah, right. It, it is not there anymore. It oh. finally, yeah, went out of business, but it was there for a long time. Happy Foods. Yeah. It, well, anyway, Happy Foods, uh, they had a, a shirt that said Kugelis Breakfast of Champions. Ah, yes. Yeah. And everyone asks me, whenever they look at it, they get a really confused look on their face and they go, what is that? They think it says Kegels. <laughs> it's like, no, no, that is not, oh, no. Does your shirt say Kegels? No, it says Kugelis. Kugelis. That's, uh... I'm looking forward to lots of dinners of potatoes. Yeah. That's all. And that's basically Kugelis, right? That's like, you know. Right. Yeah. Potato, yeah. potato, potato. Cepolini, I think is another one. It's a potato dumpling, mm-hmm. except that it's about two inches in uh, diameter. Right. It's gigantic potato dumpling. So you're having flour and potatoes, you know. Right. Oh, potato pancakes. They make a good potato pancake. Uh, there's other. They also have a lot of stuff with beets. Potatoes and beets, right? They like beets. They like cucumbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, they like, oh, thanks, Nora. Nothing like stereotyping or whatever. Yeah, we're racially um, profiling. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Profiling Lithuanians on based on what they eat. But, but it's okay because I'm 50% and you're 25% Lithuanian. Yes, this is true. I am looking forward to their, um, they don't call it borscht. They have another name for it. Okay. But I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. And uh, Kugelis, I'm looking forward to. That's very good. Okay. Is, is it pronounced uh-huh. Kugelis or Kugelis or is it? My Lithuanian is lazy. So who knows? I seem to remember dad told me Kugelis, but. That could be because he was there already. And he also taught me Lengsmu Kaledu, which is Merry Christmas. Christmas. Yeah, that one I know. How about Cape Tauanus? My what? My what? <laughs> <laughs> I know there has to be a different pronunciation. Cape Town. How about Cape Town? Well, I don't know what that is. No. How's it going? Oh, okay. Cape Town. Uh, good eye. Good eye. Good eye means okay. Oh, okay. Or good. 
Yeah. Out, it, so these little teeny, I remember a couple little bitty things, but. So does Mango. Mango remembers Kadai. <laughs> yeah. You're excited about that experience. So look forward to the beat centric show coming up. Beat slash potato. Yes. <laughs> I'll have recipes. Oh, well, that's good. Yeah. Get recipes. <laughs> Hell yeah. Let me say something before we go into games. Have we actually talked about the word experience other than giving the definition? Or have we talked about lots of different things that have been our own individual experiences? I would say yes. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Is that the philosophical question here? Yeah, it is. Yeah. Right now you are experiencing the show. I'm experiencing the show. What have we been talking about? That's part of it. Mm -hmm. People listening to the show right now. Their experience is going to be different than you and I. So we get different things from the same sort of the show is something to me and something to you and something to someone else and right something to the cats. It's kind of like, how can we say more about experience right. other than to say it's what we go through in our lives mm-hmm. using our senses? Yeah. This actually kind of segues nicely into the video game conversation I want to have. Okay, good. With someone who is, uh, you know, for the most part, a non-gamer. Let's let's yes. just call it what it is, right? Right. I joke about myself being a gamer. I'm trying to make you one. <laughs> <laughs> and and in some some, I can't wait till I'm back there in the spring and try some of those games again. I've got a new uh, sort of tactic I want to try to get you into the whole three-dimensional sort of space so we can i like that when you're playing a game it's an experience for you right and every right, everyone's experience right. is different hence reviews mm-hmm. there are a lot of methods in video games by which you accrue experience remember when we talked about vampire survivor long ago this is probably for the blood episode i think i do yeah they have it now for the ipad so you can download it for free oh goody <laughs> if you're interested in Walking around, which is basically all it is. Yeah. The main game is free. The DLC is like two bucks a pop for each one. Uh Uh-huh. It's a $5 game anyway, if you buy it on the computer, but you can do it now on the pad. In that game, you gain experience by picking things up. Right. You pick up a new power or a new item as you pick up gems those gems translate yeah. into experience and they are experience points. Do you know the origin of experience points? No. Sometimes abbreviated as XP or EXP. In general, the history points to Dungeons and Dragons being the originator of the experience point. That's like how you tally, how you gain. Okay. Okay. Dungeons and Dragons was first published in 1974. So I think that would make sense. There weren't a lot of games having to do with, you know, it's, it was mostly arcade shooter, arcade things, right? The experience was the thing, was actually playing the game. It wasn't like your character in the game was developing. When I was first aware of Dungeons and Dragons was the late 70s. Uh-huh. Because a few of my students at the time played it when they had spare time. 
Oh, okay. And that was my first experience. But it was uh, not anything on uh, computers or arcades. It was just a board game, more. It's not really a board game, but it, you know what I mean. It was a game that people got together and played. Exactly. Okay, so when you're talking about it, are you talking about it being an arcade game? At that time? No, I'm talking about it being the actual original Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. People sitting around and there's a dungeon master or whatever he is. But what happens during the course of the game is by doing certain things in that game, you never played Dungeons and Dragons at all, right? No. But as you conquer or defeat enemies, animals, solve riddles, right? all these things give you experience points that you can not only improve your stats each level you reach, uh-huh. but it also, you gain points on a different scale that you can invest in skills. So that's kind of the, the idea of the experience points in gaming. Oh, okay. It's generally attributed to something like Dungeons and Dragons. And then once video games got to the point where they stopped focusing on the mechanics of the game as far as just, you know, like fun stuff to do and started getting into telling the story or developing a character in a certain way. Yeah. That's when you started seeing games, less arcade games, more home computer type games, but your characters gain experience and that's how they grow in the game. Which is also how we grow, I guess, as human beings. In life, yes. Right? Exactly. When you are accumulating things, you have different point scales, but the experience points is generally how you will invest in other powers. So as you go up in level, you're given points on another scale that you can utilize. Very commonly used. I told you earlier on in the episode, I've been playing Ghostwire Tokyo, and that is a game where you as a character, when you solve things, do side quests, cleanse areas, free the spirits, defeat the spirits, Uh do all these activities, you gain points and those points build up and Uh then you go up a level. And when you go up a level, you get other things to spend, which Uh you can invest in your spirit weaving ability, which I've only got uh-huh. wind and fire right now. I don't know if there is another one, but but you understand the concept, right? Yeah, right, right, right. Right. Now, how close is that to real life? I mean, to me, it's not. To me, it's not either. Right. But this is my an introduction to it for me, so I haven't had a chance to think about it. But it's kind of like you're you're earning these experience points Mm -hmm. not necessarily that you experience shooting this bazooka gun right or whatever you know but you now can because of these experience points right is that is that right correct like you could wield the bazooka if you get reached this level of experience points or whatever right but it doesn't mean you have done it before no That's the tricky part of these games. It's like having the experience of doing something. When you do that skill over and over and over again, that's how you kind of build skills naturally, right? Correct. You will read about it. You will um, 
You know, some people learn by reading. Some people learn kinesthetically. Mm -hmm. Some people mm -hmm. learn, you know, all these different ways. And right. that has to do with the how you gain your experience, I guess. Mm -hmm. But there are activity-based progressions of skills in video games, which is something like you mentioned, like let's say the bazooka. You fire the bazooka once, you're not going to be the best at it. But as you use the bazooka right. and continue to level up your skill in using yeah. the bazooka, you get better, right. more accurate, and I guess learn things about shooting other things. It's still video game logic, right? It, it is, except that that fits more to you. The more you do it, mm. the more you experience doing it, mistakes and all. Right. The better you get, mm -hmm. the more experience you have. Right. Right. Or the the more, I guess, yeah, experience that you have with doing the thing, right? So you become more seasoned in whatever it is. There's also advancement, experience advancement through spending various coins or collecting things, and that gains you experience. There is one mm -hmm. game, which is one of my favorite games, by the way, I think uh -huh. I mentioned it before, this Odin Sphere uh, game, Odin Sphere Leifersir. Okay, yeah. And yeah. how you gain experience in that game is you eat. Okay. That's how you gain your experience. <laughs> so your experience points I am build. very experienced. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think everyone in our family is incredibly experienced when it comes to eating. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> there are simplifications of feeding yourself gives you energy which allows you to continue but i mean there are various ways that you can build your experience points and spend them appropriately they've got various hybrid methods and so on and so forth yeah are you familiar with the concept of grinding when it comes to video games no you may have explained it at one time it sounds familiar so it's just doing one thing or one activity over and over and over again Grinding is a concept that you can grind for experience, meaning you can, okay. like, let's say there's a big group of enemies over there. I'm going to go over there, eliminate all the enemies, and then I'm going to run back here, and then I'm going to wait for them to respawn, and then I'm going to run over there and clear all the enemies again, and then run back here and wait for them to respawn. You keep on doing that over again. Yeah. That's grinding. That is a grinding sort of activity. Or okay. you do the same boss over and over and over again. Like you get a group of people together, take down a boss, you're done with taking down the boss, then you do it again. It's doing those things over and over again to gain experience or to find a drop of an item in other cases where it's like, you know, ah. or get something that you want from, from whatever that enemy drops, right? Like you can get. But that is what okay. the activity of doing repetitious thing over and over again to build up your experience or experience points is called the grind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get it. The grind. It's not just for coffee anymore. <laughs> so It's for work, too. It's also for, well, it's, that's it. it's a little too close to home, I think, though. <laughs> I know, I know. The daily grind. <laughs> Exactly. There's also a concept in video games called power leveling. Can you imagine what power leveling is? 
I would imagine once you get a power and you uh, you use it properly and don't lose it, that's power leveling, no? It's sort of, well... No, it's, that's too simple, simplistic. If you're leveling up a character, it's in common with a lot more MMORPGs than it is other play-it-yourself-through type of games, but you can okay. do this. Power leveling is getting your character level up very quickly, very efficiently. That's called power leveling. So in some games, it allows you to pair up with people. So you pair up with someone who's much higher experience and can eliminate all the, you know, you're taking advantage of whatever the system is to level up as quickly as possible. That's power leveling. Okay. Okay. We're not talking about powers, like superpowers, like that kind of power leveling, which does happen as you use a power or if you want to add something to it, you get points that you can spend on, you know, your whatever you want to do to manipulate or change this power or whatever. Yeah. Those are two video game words for you. Grinding and power leveling. Okay. Quiz me later. Yes. <laughs> There's also respec. You can also respec. You know what that is? That's no, I've about. heard you use it before. Yeah, respec is essentially any points that you have spent in building your character the way you want to. All of those are returned to you, and you can just rebuild. Not all games have that. Okay. Not all games allow you to respec your character, which is just basically reallocate your experience or your points. Oh, okay. Right, I get that. Depending on what the game is and how it behaves, some games lend themselves well to that type of thing where you're respecting and others don't. Yeah. Now my question to you is, in a game scenario, what mm-hmm. is a realistic way by which you can not only experience a thing or tell a story with a unique perspective, but how do you gain experience in a realistic way or do you want it to be realistic do you want that to be something like in a game because technically it would take years and years and years to play a piano right 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 well i don't i really don't know how to answer that no because okay what senses are you using when you play a game you're using vision hearing and tactile but then what's missing is taste. Right. Well, yeah, you don't have to have all the senses to experience uh, anything. That's true. It does add some depth, I would say, and uniqueness if you have smell of vision Yeah, right. I mean, do you, do you want that kind of, I mean, for the most part, you're right. It's three senses primarily. No taste, no smell. That doesn't matter to me. Um, it, it's one of the things in the Wikipedia is about it's important that direct perceptual contact with the external world is a source of knowledge uh-huh. or experience. Right. Okay. Is that the external world? For the character, yes. For you, is it? No. Yeah, and that's I'm having problems with that. You're, what you're experiencing is how your body can do what it's supposed to do in the game. Correct. You're not experiencing whatever killing you're know, going into a, going into a bunch of enemies and right. 
decimating right. them. But but it's it's more for the character development piece of the game is 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 basically what the experience points, quote unquote. Yeah, right, right, right. I mean, there are so many things that I think can be done with games. I just have general ideas of how this would be a cool sort of game mechanic. But for some people, they would observe things differently than other characters. Certain objects in an environment would stand out to them as opposed to other characters. Like things like that. You're altering what you perceive when you're playing a character. And then I guess as you learn things or that character develops their skill set, then things will change in their environment or the way it's presented can be different depending on their viewpoint of the world or, you know, their viewpoint of their life, what they've been going through, what they're going through currently. Yeah. In some situations, it would be easier to learn and other experiences won't be as effective if you're not in certain conditions, right? Right. Trying to learn how to light a fire in the rain, you know, that's... Yeah. <laughs> you're, yeah. If you do it, I would say you're probably more experienced than someone who can do it mm-hmm. in dry, maybe. Right. Because you can do it differently. You can not only do it in the dry, theoretically, but you can also do it while it's raining. Right, with the negatives. I don't know. This this just seems like too big of a conversation to it, have. Oh boy, no kidding. And I didn't realize that when, you know, when uh, we started out. Yeah. Uh, but the word experience just uh, creates a lot of vagueness. I mean, you have your specific definition. Right. That, that I, I think you may think, you know, is true. Mm-hmm. But then after that, it's just, it depends on who you are, how you see things, what your, uh, what you, how you perceive things uh, differently than other people because of your life, quote, experience. It, right. It's just so vague. Yeah. Well, is it perspective? Is that what it is? Part of it, yeah. Part of it? It's not entirely perspective? Well, I mean, because that's that's what so. it is coming from you from you personally. What your viewpoint, perspective, um, what you uh, your yeah, faculties. Yeah. I mean, that's pretty much it. It's it's whatever your viewpoint is is going to determine um, what you think the experience or how it impacts you. It's history yeah. too. I was thinking more in terms of general population when I said perspective and perceiving, not me myself. Gotcha, gotcha. But yeah, uh, yeah, definitely, it's my pers- if I'm experiencing something. However, uh, it's my perception that is leading the experience, the memory. And what's interesting to me is so if I say experience as far as games, right? Experience in games. Since you have a limited knowledge of games, yes, it's playing the type of game is the experience to you. But for me, yeah, I say experience. I think of leveling people up from a character perspective. Experience. That's what it means to me. Is I'm playing as the character, role playing, if you will, as that character, and then leveling them up. And be, as I'm being told a story. That's the way I see it, but it, it sounds like you right. 
the the act of playing the game or playing the pinball machine or mm-hmm, you know mm-hmm. doing the right. thing is is what it is for you as far as video games are concerned right i agree but it's a different perspective until you get into the story development I mean, all the games we played were basically games where the leveling up is you gain powers as you go through the story because you find things or ah. discover things. But it's not, you know, that that's kind of some games will do that where it's like, OK, well, now we're going to give you this power and this is how, you know, you just learned it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but people try to, you know, there's a point that you have to strike the balance between putting enough variety in there, but also making it so it's like you don't have to remember 80 different things or build something, you know? Yeah. So let's, let's wrap it up since we, we <laughs> let's start Nebulous. Let's be, end in Nebulous. Yes. I wanted to talk about something Nebulous as far as games are concerned, because you have a different perspective than I do on games. Right. And I'm thinking, what unique ways can I present a game to someone that is showing you growth or development, which is what experience is, right? Uh-huh. It's growth uh-huh. and development of a human being as part of it. Yes. It also shapes what choices we make. I mean, those are, those are my final words. I don't know what else to say. How about you? Um, experience is life. You are living your experience. Yeah. And that sounds pretty nebulous, but from the time you're a a newborn baby, Mm -hmm. every experience that you have helps you grow. Mm -hmm. Every touch, taste, uh, vision, when you can finally see uh, clearly, everything. Right. Touch is, you know, helps that baby grow. Exactly. And yeah, and that, so then that continues throughout life. Right. Don't get lost in the minutia of day to day. I think make an effort to, True. well, I mean, you know, even though it is experience, right? Right. I mean, one of the things I think people, the light at the end of the tunnel is getting the money to do the thing or getting the money to buy the thing, which is an experience, yeah. but it's like, think of something and challenge yourself to do something that you haven't done. If that's your thing, you know? Yeah. So, right. I'm going to go oh, see. There the, we go with my threes. That seals it. You're going to do the skydiving now? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'll put it on the calendar um, tomorrow. Yeah. Yep. yep. <laughs> do it in Lithuania. That's yeah, great. Right. So. No. All right. Well, thank you, Nora, so much for joining me on this week's episode, talking about something philosophical. I think you like that. Do you, you like the philosophical ones, right? I do. I do. But I just didn't think this was going to be one of those. <laughs> You know, what was your expectation coming in that we would have specific things to talk about Mm -hmm. with experience and other than us telling everybody what our experiences were and are going to be. And, you know, yeah, it was like you said, nebulous. Yeah. I mean, that's that's basically it. It's uh, I'd like to thank you for the nebulosity (laughs) of today's podcast. Yes. I, I, I have little furrows in my eyebrows <laughs> that around. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad I could uh, provide you with a little vagitude this evening. <laughs>
Thank you for joining us on this week's episode of the Two Vague Podcast. My name is Ben. And I'm Nora. And we've been your hosts. Have a wonderful night. Bye. Bye.